we don't have to suffer through this, ladies. We don't. We know a lot now. We lo- we're, we're really coming a long way on the natural side of things. And we can sail through these years instead of suffering through them. And they could possibly even be the best years of your life. Welcome to This is Perimenopause, the podcast where we delve into the transformative journey of perimenopause and beyond. I'm one of your hosts, Mikkel. And I'm your other host, Michelle. And we know firsthand how confusing, overwhelming, and downright lonely this phase of life can be. Join us as we share real-life stories and expert advice to help you navigate this journey and advocate for your best health. We used to think menopause signaled an end, but really, it's just the beginning. Overindulge much this holiday season? Me too. And now I'm feeling bloated, sluggish, anxious, and just generally unhealthy. You too? Well, then today's podcast is exactly what you need to help get your nutrition back on track. Our guest today is Diana Ragno, registered holistic nutritionist and certified metabolic balance coach. Diana specializes in empowering perimenopausal women like you and me. Through her work, she's figured out that symptoms like hot flashes, irritability, anxiety, depression, and insomnia do not need to be our new normal in this stage of life. And today, Diana is here unlocking the secrets of how some simple nutrition and lifestyle tweaks can have an incredible impact on our perimenopause symptoms. I am so ready to be done with this holiday hangover, and so I'm incredibly excited to dive into this conversation. Diana, help Welcome, Diana. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good, good. Did you have a good holiday? Yeah, it was really good, actually. It was a nice break. I'm excited to be back, getting back into the routine and back into the groove of things. So thank you so much for having me on. I'm so excited to speak with you all today. We are very excited to have you. We're going to dive right in because I can safely speak for Amy, Michelle, and myself when I say We need some help to get back on track, and I think probably most of our listeners do too. So let's dive right in. All right, let's do it. Um, Diana, maybe you could tell us a little bit about your backstory and what led you to start uh, your company, One Holistic Nutrition. Yeah, so um, in my previous career, I was actually in the pharmaceutical industry. Ah. So I worked for a large drug company, and I would promote uh, prescription drugs to doctors and pharmacists. And it's funny because at that time, uh, you know, I learned about disease processes and diagnosis and, you know, obviously uh, pharmaceutical treatments. One of my drugs was actually a high blood pressure medication. And I always thought, oh, you know, I feel bad for these patients. You know, it's just something that just happens to you. We have no control over that. I hope this doesn't happen to me one day. But if it does, I have all these drugs that I can take, you know. And then it wasn't until I actually got pregnant with my first child that I really questioned, okay, like, you know, you've got this growing baby in your belly and you're like, everything you take in is going to go to this baby. You know, I have to be, you know, perfect about everything. So I, I really kind of questioned about like kind of the natural sides of things about the foods, like, what am I eating? Like, how do I grow this baby as healthy as can be? And so that's how I kind of started doing a lot of research into kind of more the natural holistic side of things. And also being aware of like how toxins in, in our environment and in our food, in our water, And the air we breathe and our medications, you know, how does that affect us? So fast forward many years after raising three kids, well, still raising three kids, but (laughs) uh, raising toddlers and little kids, I uh, went back to school to get my official 
diploma in uh, at the Canadian School of Natural Nutrition to be a registered holistic nutritionist. So I could now do this officially, even though I've been doing this for, gosh, over a decade now. Um, so that's my backstory. And now, um, so I started my company, One Holistic Nutrition. So I'm a nutrition consultant. I work, really, I work with men and women of all ages. However, I do have this focus on uh, women 40 plus in their perimenopause and menopause years. It's such a large demographic of people and so many worldwide that are struggling this right now. There's not a whole lot of options that, that are presented to them when they go to their doctors besides medications. And so I'm here to help them get through these years, sail through these years naturally, or even if they are on some sort of prescription medication like hormone replacement as an adjunct to that as well, because that's not always going to bring them to their goal. I'm going through these years myself right now. So <laughs> I know a lot of the struggle. I know a lot of the symptoms. I'm living it. I feel the pain. It's a really near and dear to me because of that. So I love, you know, jumping in with my fellow perimenopause sisters and we are tackling this together. I love that. Thank you for doing that. We, we, it's definitely very, very much needed. What are some of these symptoms that women are coming to you with? So I would say the main ones that I get are insomnia, nobody can sleep, weight gain, coming on, can't lose it, what was working before isn't working now, uh, fatigue then, you know, like relying on coffee, the afternoon fatigue, or waking up in the middle of the night. And then there's the, the worsening PMS. So after 40, it's like, you know, you had PMS when you're younger. Now it's like on steroids. Now it's worse. Yeah. Or now it's coming back. Like now the cramps are coming back. Now you're getting the night sweats before you, your period. Um, and then the irritability. So now your kids and your husband or your spouse is more annoying than they were before. <laughs> <laughs> so is it perimenopause or is it that just they're just more annoying? They're just more annoying. <laughs> you know what? I think. I think. Um, but just that irritability, like you, you got no patience anymore for anything. And then the anxiety, the depression, that mm. can that can worsen as well. Like everything is like an ordeal now. The bloating, this is another big one. Um, so those are like the main ones, I would say. Is there a common thread that's kind of looping all of these symptoms together? Yeah, we're, we're aging, our bodies are changing, our hormones are changing. What we're doing, what we could eat and do before is not working for us anymore. So when we are 20, we could eat pizza and get no sleep and we look like a thousand bucks the next day and we feel great. Doesn't work like that anymore. Now we really have to change what we're doing. We really have to focus on, okay, what am I eating? <laughs> Am I getting my exercise? Am I getting am I prioritizing sleep? Um, am I working on stress management? Because now, like in my 20s, what was my mm. stress? Like what was I was going to wear that night? <laughs> I want to pass this exam. You know, now it's like you got kids and teenagers, which is a whole other beast for anybody who has a teenager knows this. You have spouses, you have financial issues, you have health issues. Maybe you're going through divorce or separation, you're a single, single parent. So we have like all these extra added stressors in there that we, yeah, we really need to focus on. And, and sorry, just to dive down that rabbit hole a little yeah. bit, what is that stress doing to our bodies and our hormones? Yeah. So this is actually the catalyst and it's actually like sometimes a starting point of where we are. So when we're stressed, our adrenal glands, so those are two glands that are triangular shaped, the glands that are on top of our kidneys and they pump out cortisol, which is our stress hormone. So, you know, Back in the day, we're trying to find food as cavemen and cave women. We see a bear, 
we are, you know, our cortisol goes up, our, it pumps blood sugar into our body to give us energy because we need to run away from that bear, right? So that's what that stress response is from. It's an adaptive. So we don't get eaten by a bear. And now we're not running from bears, but we're in front of our computers, white knuckling it because we have a deadline or we're dealing with, you know, we're running around to every activity with all our kids. And then it's, it, it's different stressors that are going on. However, we're not releasing that stress by running, releasing it by keeping it all inside our bodies, right? So when our cortisol goes up, this affects our blood sugar. This affects our weight, for example. Do you know that we have four times the amount of cortisol receptors in our abdomen? So that's part of the reason why we gain in our abdomen. Why the cortisol receptors were not put somewhere else in our body? So- <laughs> Is beyond me, but hey, that's mother nature for us. Thank you. (laughs) And then, yeah, and then that affects our insulin too, right? So then our insulin raises and that's our fat storing hormone. And it it really, cortisol really affects uh, or stress affects every single part of our body from head to toe, from mental health to digestive health to everything. You name it, it affects it. So Diana, all the things you're talking about really resonate with me, um, especially after the holidays, right? I have not been sleeping. My stress is through the roof. It's been a particularly stressful season and not necessarily bad. And I think that's something else I just want to say about stress is that sometimes stress is good, but our body doesn't know the difference. And there's still that cortisol coursing through our veins. Um, You know, my daughter was in in a pretty big theater production this holiday season, it was wonderful. But there was a lot of stress, good stress associated with that. But now I feel like it's pretty overwhelming to start addressing all of that. So where do you start with your clients? What, what is your what is your go-to advice here when all of these pillars are crumbling and need to be built up again? Yeah, I think it's good to kind of start with one and then, you know, build in and bring in other ones. I also think it's good to, I think it can't, like you said, it's overwhelming. Like, where do I begin? Where do I start? How do I organize this? So I think it's also good to work with someone because they can organize that for you or help you. With my clients, when they come to me, we start with, we probably would focus more on the nutrition at the beginning of it and make, starting to make changes to that because that a lot of times is going to give you the biggest bang for your buck. You're going to see the most changes. And then we kind of add on from there. Okay, like, let's look at your stress. What are the stress management techniques that would work for you? How do we incorporate that into your life? Let's talk about exercise. What's the type, right, right type of exercise? So it's like kind of like piecemeal, um, but it all eventually gets worked in so that it's kind of part of the routine and part of the lifestyle. But yeah, don't feel like you have to do everything on the first day. I'm going to join the gym today. I'm going to join a meditation class. I'm going to start a new diet. I'm going to, you know, all these things. I'm going to throw out all my health, house care and, and body care products. No, it, in little pieces, you'll get there. So Diana, you mentioned that you start with nutrition because that's where you get the most bang for your buck. I'm just curious, like what kind of results are women seeing quickly with changing their nutrition? Within the two weeks, I would say most of my clients, by the end of the two weeks, they're already realizing some good weight loss, sleep which actually surprised me that it would happen this quick when I started working with clients. But within two weeks, I've seen literally drastic changes in sleep. From changing their what they're eating? From changing what they're eating. 
Yes. Um, and at that point, they're probably taking just some basic supplements, like some vitamins, you know, nothing, no, no sleep supplements is what I'm saying. No, like sleeping pills or eat. They just feel better. They feel lighter. They, you know, they can move because they're, you know, their clothes are fitting better. Uh, th- those things I would say happen pretty quick. Oh my God, that sounds amazing. I definitely want to feel lighter <laughs> and uh, less bloated. It's I need to start fitting in my clothes again. Well, um, it, yeah. And the bloating, the bloating actually, because uh, a lot of times the bloating is from something that they're eating that they don't realize that's causing it. And at the same time, we're also working on their gut health too, which is kind of like the center of our universe, the center of our body. We need to get that in, you know, intact. In so that one actually, like I've had people come to me who are like, I've been bloated for like 15 years and like within like five days, the bloating is gone. Okay. Doing how, what? Tell me, please. <laughs> Well, it's different for everybody. And that's why you need to, you know, work on a customized approach. Um, A lot of times it's the types of foods that they're eating. It's different for everybody. What bloats somebody is going to be different for somebody else. So are you doing an elimination diet? The program that I start with, we actually look at their blood work and it gets pumped into a whole algorithm that was designed, you know, over 25 years ago by food scientists, medical doctors, and so on and so on. That can catch some of it right there. But then, you know, I also do my own nutritional assessment. A lot of times it's just getting off the junk and stuff (laughs) is what, you know, can really make the difference. But yeah, it's different for everybody. You also mentioned gut health. So what are you doing to help women improve their gut health? And why is that important? Yeah. So gut health, it's really important because we need it for our digestion. It's like taking away the offenders that are really affecting the gut, that are really harming the gut, and then replacing them with good um, gut healing nutrient uh, type foods and even sometimes supplements like probiotics, uh, for example. But then also, you know, the stress management also comes in there too, because that whole gut brain connection, when we're stressed, we feel it. We feel it in our gut as well. So it's a, it's a really holistic uh, approach to it. That's really interesting. Is there, what kind of foods should we be avoiding in our perimenopause years? Well, I never say avoid because it's, it's, it's more minimizing, right? Like if we, it's what we do most of the time that counts. So the thing, the foods that we want to maybe not make part of our daily routine, it's not going to be mind blowing my answer here. (laughs) A lot of sugar, a lot of processed foods, too much alcohol. Again, these should be, you know, sometimes foods, not everyday foods. What we want to be focusing on is more real foods, as I call it, like the real food diet. So whole foods, stuff that's in its whole form. So it comes with all of its nutrients. You have your fats, your proteins, your fiber. When it's processed, they take out all of, you know, all of the cofactors and you're left just with one. It's not balanced. But like, I'll give you an example, orange juice. So yeah, orange juice, you know, it's got vitamin C, oranges are healthy for us. But do we want to be drinking glasses and glasses of orange juice, as opposed to eating a whole orange? So the difference is if you eat a whole orange, it comes with the cofactors, you know, the fiber, for example, when you have fiber and the natural sugars in the orange, the fiber actually dampens your blood glucose response. So that it's not shooting up your glucose like way up and then affecting your insulin as well. It's dampening it because it's, you know, it's balanced out by the fiber. If we're drinking the orange juice, you're not going to have the fiber in there or as much fiber. So it's, it's, it's not in its natural state. So it's not like, oh, it's like I'm eating an orange. It's actually quite different. What happens to our bodies when our insulin spikes? Okay. So when our insulin spikes, so our insulin is actually a fat storing hormone. 
So when our insulin spikes, this actually causes fat storage. Insulin can affect so many different things outside of blood sugar. It affects our cholesterol. It affects our triglycerides, which are the fat in our cell, in our, sorry, in our bloodstream, which can lead to weight gain. At the same time, there's an inverse relationship between insulin and melatonin. So when our insulin is like kind of chronically high, our melatonin goes down. Oh my gosh. So this is a reason why a lot of women at this age cannot sleep. And a lot of reasons why within a couple of weeks, they're sleeping again, because they are getting, you know, that insulin imbalance. It can affect our hot flashes. Um, it can increase our inflammation, which leads to more insulin resistance. It's like a, it's like a cycle increases our cortisol. It also affects our hormones. So it actually can dump more estrogen into our bloodstream. Now, when we're going through perimenopause at the beginning, like in our forties, our estrogen and our progesterone are supposed to bounce with each other. Naturally, our progesterone starts to go down. That's the first one that goes down. And now we're kind of what some people will call an estrogen dominant state because our estrogen is higher than what should be in relation to that progesterone. Then we have all these symptoms like sore breasts, PMS, irritability, um, heavy periods, uh, you name it. Not only diabetics have to worry about insulin. Everybody has to worry about insulin because it affects everything in our body. Diane, I just want to circle back. You used language um, avoid or reduce versus eliminating. Mm -hmm. uh, and I love that. I think that we kind of have a pendulum effect where, you know, we're not looking after ourselves the way we should be. And then, especially when it comes to diet, we make a decision to change and then we go crazy and eliminate a whole bunch of things and start eating in a restrictive manner. And I wondered if you could talk a little bit about that, what can happen when you are depriving your body for the sake of trying to be healthy. Sometimes that can backfire is what I understand. Can you talk to us a little bit about that? I don't believe in restricting foods just for the sake of restricting them or because it worked for someone else or you think it's bad. I mean, I believe in restricting foods if it doesn't work for you. So if you eat dairy and you can't tolerate dairy and it makes you gassy and bloaty and it makes you miserable, then absolutely, yeah, you may want to choose to restrict that food. Sometimes you may indulge and that's a choice you're going to make and you have all the right to do that. But like when I work with people, we, if we're going to restrict a food, it's because they've determined it for themselves that it doesn't work for them. And so they've made that conscious choice. I'm not going to eat this because when I eat this, I feel like junk. It's not worth it to me, right? And I think we all have something like that. So I think it's important to work with someone to help guide you through and figure out, okay, what works for you? What doesn't work for you? Because that's what we're really trying to get to here. What works for that individual person so that they're not just blindly restricting things like, I'm going to go gluten-free because I heard it works for weight loss. Well, it's not that simple. Well, and I've had some experience with that where I did eliminate it for a while and there were some benefits, but not having any in my diet turned out to also be a problem. I love your approach, right? Because measured is just so much better than absolute. I agree. And it's measured for some people, like you're saying, it ha it might have to be never. Like if you have celiac disease, obviously you're never, yeah. you can't even have a crumb of wheat. Yeah. Um, for other people, you know, for wheat may cause somebody headaches, for example. So, but maybe they can have it every once in a while and they're fine. 
right? So it's, it's a spectrum and everybody's different. And that's why you can never go by a one size fits all approach for this. And is that what you're teaching in your program, Complete Body Reset? Yeah. So it's, it's very customized because we do utilize the blood work. So we start off with that to determine your nutrient deficiencies. We match you up with foods to fill in those nutrient deficiencies, but then also working with a practitioner like myself, it's other things as well. So we're working on, you know, gut health, you have constipation, you have headaches. And a lot of times we'll do trial and errors with different foods, but yeah, it has to be, it has to be really customized to that person and it has to work for their life too. Right? Like if somebody is like, I can't say, well, you know, join a gym that doesn't work for everybody. Right. Sometimes they have to do something at home. Some people don't like to go to gym. Some people like to maybe walk or do something else instead. So everything is customized to what works for that person. That's really interesting. And so is it, is there a big questionnaire when we come into your program? Is it, you know, is it an interview style? How does that all? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, we start off with a little, with, with some question, both questionnaires, and then we meet, uh, I'll meet with these clients for about an hour and we'll go through like a whole medical history, foods, likes, dislikes, everything that they're dealing with from head to toe just so I can get a good um, indication of what's really going on in their body and kind of try to make some connections. And we try to cover off a lot of those things on that list. And then are you also working with personal trainers or how does that work with, within your program? Not yet. Yeah. Yeah. No, not yet. Um, right now I am advising them on kind of like the right exercise to do like some of them do have gym memberships and they do work with their own personal trainers and that's great. Um, others, I just advise them, okay, on, you know, that the types of the right types of exercise that you want to do, because sometimes women in this age group, they'll do certain types of exercise that can actually increase cortisol. So it actually goes against what their, what their goals are. So we want to make sure that they're getting also not only a right balance with their foods, but also the right balance with their exercise. So I guide them through that. So what, sorry, what are the cortisol? What are the ones that are going to increase my cortisol? What should I so if you are doing way too much cardio, that is going to increase your cardio. So I've had clients that were killing it on the Peloton, you know, this 54 year old woman killing it on the Peloton because she thought that's how she was supposed to lose weight. Um, she was actually, yeah, stressing because it's a stress in our body, right? Like whether we're running away from a bear or we're like going on the Peloton, it's, it's a stress in our body. Not to say you shouldn't do any cardio, you absolutely still do cardio. But again, it doesn't have to be like crazy, you know, like we were in our 20s. She actually, this one client, she actually toned that down and in, included other exercises like resistance training. And she actually found that she lost, ended up losing some weight and her exercises were easier. Wow. I think that's an important point, too, that a lot of us don't realize is how much muscle mass we're losing and how important it is to build muscle in your perimenopausal years to stave off a whole bunch of things, but also so that your body is functioning as well as it, as it possibly can. Oh yeah. We lose 1% of our muscle mass every year after the age of 40. Yeah. So yeah, that that's, I'm glad you touched on that. That's, that's a really good point. And we need muscle for, for, we need muscle for our metabolism. It increases our metabolism. We need it for strength. We need it for our bone health. So it's really important to really, yeah, to focus on that resistance training as well, you know, with the cardio too. Yeah. Maybe we could switch gears a little bit um, and talk about the current 
weight loss craze or focus right now, which is Ozempic and other similar drugs. And um, given your background uh, as a pharmaceutical rep, I think it'd be great to get your take on the fact that Ozempic, we'll talk about Ozempic because I think it's probably the most known of the drugs that are out there right now, was originally designed for diabetes. And now it's being mm-hmm. taken by a lot of celebrity, celebrities, allegedly, and a lot of other um, lay people, if you will, who are using it to, to shed pounds. Maybe you could tell us a little bit about um, what you know about this and what your thoughts are on it. Sure, sure. Yeah, full disclosure, I, I don't, obviously, I don't prescribe um, Ozempic. I'm not a medical doctor. Um, although I was a pharmaceutical rep, I never did this drug. So <laughs> I'm not an, an expert in it by any means. But just the, the research that I did do into it, I can, you know, uh, you know, I have a few comments or that I or that are opinions about it. So first of all, um, so Ozempic actually is not indicated for weight loss. So for a drug to get an official indication, it has to have a powered study that proves certain endpoints. So they did find that in this in their studies that they yes, some of the people did lose weight, some of them did not. Um, but that's not what the study was powered to prove. Um, the official indication is that it's used as an adjunct, meaning after and together with diet and lifestyle to improve glycemic control for people who have type 2 diabetes. It also has proven that it can reduce the risk of major cardiovascular events in people with type 2 diabetes or cardiovascular disease. So those are those official indications. So that's what you can officially um, prescribed for. Now, doctors do can prescribe, and they've done this all the time, even when I was um, a pharmaceutical rep, something called off-label, where it doesn't have that official indication, but they are seeing that within their practice, it can work, you know, for something else. So they'll prescribe it for that as well. I believe the Arzembic is going to go for the weight loss, uh, the indication. I mean, why wouldn't they? <laughs> So I think the point and point to make, and that's like right on their product monograph, like the product monograph is, you know, kind of like what you get with your may cause diarrhea and yeah. So the, yeah, there, all of those great, yeah, all those great things. Yeah. Um, so, but it says right there to be used. I said, if this is not a weight loss drug to be used in adjunct to diet and exercise. Okay. So this is my concern with this product. Okay. If it is being, somebody comes in and they are, I know medical doctors, they tell me that they have people coming in just asking for it. Can I have Ozempic? It's a new magic pill, right? Are now, is this client now being followed up with a nutritionist to make sure that that diet and exercise component is with it? And that is my, because I know the doctors aren't doing it because they don't have the time, first of all, and they don't have the training for it, Right. So are they seeing somebody who's actually following them and putting, making sure that they're on an appropriate program? And I mean more than just one visit, like, oh, yeah, you know, you should eat well and exercise. Well, what does that even mean, right? So that's my concern. Um, another thing is that with the weight loss from this, um, from this drug, it's yeah, fat loss, but also muscle loss. It doesn't really uh, differentiate. And as we just spoke about, it's so important that we maintain that muscle mass going throughout. So, and then a lot of these things that you get, a lot of these benefits that you can get from this drug, weight loss, uh, blood sugar control, even like reversal of type 2 diabetes and so on, better heart health, 
these are things that you can get with just a diet and lifestyle alone. And I'm not saying like every, but like, you know, every, again, you have to talk to your doctor and you have to choose what works best for you. But what I'm saying as a, as like a first line before you've actually worked with somebody to, and not just a, you know, fad one size fits all calorie starving diet. I mean, actually working, actually eating healthy, healthy lifestyle. I don't, I, I think that should be first line as opposed to, okay, let's put you on this drug and that's it. And then go about your life and doing whatever you're, you're doing. And then that's it. Cause another point is, okay, what happens when you come off of this drug now and you don't have that lifestyle to go into now what? And then at the same, like I've known people who've been on Ozempic and yeah, they did lose some weight, but they weren't sleeping. They're not getting all those side benefits that you get with the diet and lifestyle because you're bringing your body back in balance, but you're just getting the potential side effects from it. Which are some good, some not so good. Yeah. I, I love your your approach and how you're speaking about all of this, um, Diana. We're, we live in a world right now, and particularly when it comes to perimenopause and menopause, where everything is very polarized, right? This is wrong. This is right. This is wrong. This is right. You should take hormones. You shouldn't take hormones. And what I'm hearing from you is, you know, there are four pillars. So nutrition, sleep, exercise, stress management. I'll add one more. I'll oh, add yes, one more. Sure, toxins. Sure. And, to, and, and toxins and understanding what you're taking in, right? From the cleaning products in your home to the air that you're breathing, you know, what are getting that in order is really important for a variety of reasons. And yes, hormone replacement uh, or hormone therapy uh, can be very beneficial and very important for some people. Um, maybe someone does need Ozempic to get them on the right track. But I think what I'm hearing from you is, there is no one thing. It's, it's a combination of things and approaches that people need to work on and discover for themselves. And what works for one person isn't going to work necessarily for the next 10 people. Right. Yeah. And you just hit it, uh, the nail on the head for that, for sure. It's not just one thing. It's a lot of different things. Um, and that's why I created that program complete <laughs> complete body reset, because we're, we're, we're bringing in all of those, uh, points together. And you're right. And what really comes down to you have to do what works for you and everybody's different. And this, it's all a matter of finding out what works for your body, not someone else's. Yeah. Um, let's maybe talk about the toxins pillar, if you will, because we haven't, we haven't talked about that and, and it is important. And I just want to say this quickly is I think sometimes that's sometimes dismissed as a woo-woo, you know, that's that's the realm of naturopaths or, you know, people who have a natural approach. But I think that it's becoming more and more mainstream. And I um, recently listened to a podcast with the endocrinologist in Australia, sort of considered the guru. And they said they are mindful about what the cleaning products are in their home. They're cautious about what they're consuming and how, you know, in terms of plastic packaging and all of those things. And in fact, there are so many things that are um, hormone disruptors that we don't realize in our day to day. So maybe you can share a little bit about your approach to that. Yeah, no, I, I think it really is important. I mean, um, like our bodies were meant to take in, you know, certain compounds, like certain organic compounds that naturally exist in this world. When we are synthetically now producing other chemicals, it's, it's foreign to our body, right? Like we're not really used to this as, as humans because, we you know, our DNA and everything has not changed in thousands of years, right? But now all these new chemicals are coming in. So what is that doing to our body? And it's not like we're just taking in 
one or two in a day. It's in our air. It's in our products. It's in our food. It's, it's, we can't get away from it. I thought I heard something like a woman will take in something like 60 different compound, chemical compounds before she even leaves the house in the morning, like from the shampoo and the skincare and the perfume and the food, like everything. So, um, and some of these, yeah, like some of these you'll notice right away because you'll get a reaction or a rash or whatever. And some of those, some of them are like killing us slowly, you <laughs> know, in a way to be dramatic about it. Um, but yeah, like the obesogens, for example, for one is, is a big one is a plastic plastic. That's a big one that I talk to my clients about. So, um, those are obesogens. So plastics can be, uh, um, work as something called a xenoestrogen. So it's like a thin a synthetic form and what it mimics actual estrogen only it's stronger binding. So it binds to the estrogen receptor more strongly. And what this does is it acts kind of like a strong, bad estrogen. So when we talked about that estrogen dominance before, it can actually fool our body into thinking that this is actually estrogen and increasing the estrogen um, in our body or what our body thinks is estrogen. And therefore the fat on our stomachs and the, and the, and the. All, all those symptoms that come with estrogen dominance, you know, the PMS, the breath, yeah, the weight gain, the breast tenderness and so on and so on. So I always tell my ladies, uh, you know, throw out those plastic water bottles, get the stainless steel or the glass instead but it's also comes in it comes in more in conventional foods, car exhaust, you know, other synthetic products, right? Sealants and stuff. So it's it's kind of everywhere. I mean, we have we we do the best we can, right? You can't completely avoid everything and you'll drive yourself crazy trying to. But, you know, if you can get some of the big ones out of the way, then again, you do the best you can. What are some of those big ones? Yeah. So like the plastics, like the plastic in our food. So putting food, hot food in a plastic container or storing food in plastic, the water bottles, um, your skincare products. So there's a lot of chemicals in there, those as well, conventional meats versus like organic meat. So, you know, where I, where we all live in Kitchener here, we have a lot of, uh, you know, local farms, sustainable farms that we have access to. And not everybody does, but again, you do the best that you can. Um, perfumes, uh, car exhaust, trying to stay away from cigarette smoke. Like there's just is what, whatever you can do just to, you know, have a clean environment around you. Diana, I have to say, I, for years heard the message, get rid of your plastic water bottles, get rid of your plastic. Get, and I kind of thought, okay, okay. And then as soon as I heard the word obesogen, and tight like I was like oh done and I have not like put a plastic water bottle on my lips since I food comes in my house all the plastic packaging is gone I you know wrap my cheese and unbleached parchment and like I it's it's gone like that was my that was the the clincher for me the word obesity I know and uh, well, and it wasn't uh, what, yeah, I know it's, you it's know, you need word. your motivation. Yeah. You need your motivation yeah. for something. I'm the same way. Like if I'm going to wrap my kid's sandwich, I'll put it in a paper towel first, which you know what, that's the I- bleach and everything. It's probably not any, any better before I put it in like the plastic saran wrap. Again, you do the best you can. And sometimes even just fooling yourself thinking that this is good. is like, you know, might, might be helpful. You got to do Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> To get rid of some of these toxins and even some of the toxins we consumed over the holidays, how do we get started? What can we do? 
Okay, so um, you can contact me. <laughs> so I run, I run, a, I run a, um, I run a program. I have a few different programs. Uh, one of the main ones I do is called Complete Body Reset. And what I do is I meet with you, and we first of all we find we have a, a, a I offer free consultations, so you can let me know of your goals, and then to see if you're a good fit for the program. And then what I would do is we would you would fill out some nutritional forms. Um, and then we would meet, we would go through a thorough medical history, everything from head to toe, what your goals are, what your symptoms are, what you're looking to achieve. If you did the complete body reset with the blood work, we would provide a blood lab requisition, sorry for you uh, for that. And then that all gets analyzed through the, it's called the metabolic balance program that creates your nutrition plan. And then, like I said, I, I really look at it in a holistic way so that we also go over exercise. We go over stress management, sleep hygiene, um, how to remove toxins from your body, tips for optimal success. So, And then we also have coaching consulting. So you typically work with clients for about six months, guiding them through regular meetings, accountability, support. I'm your cheerleader, but I'm also here to help you troubleshoot when needed by the end of the six months. You know what works for you. You know how to build your plate. You know what food works for you, what don't doesn't work for you. And well before then, you're already feeling pretty, pretty good. Yeah, I also have um, a webinar coming up. So if you're more interested in this topic, I'm going to be doing a webinar on February 6th at 8 p.m. I believe there's going to be a link in the show notes. And for women 40 plus going through these perimenopause or menopause years who are struggling with weight gain and a lot of these symptoms of fatigue, insomnia, hot flashes, night sweats, moods, worsening PMS, and so on and so on. Um, I'm going to be talking about what is sabotaging these hormones and your weight and what you can do to combat that. So you can come join me there. If you're all ready to get started, you can head to my website, uh, oneholisticnutrition.com and there's a link in there to book in a free consultation with me and we can chat about your goals. Amazing. Thanks, Diana. This has been great. Uh, before we let you go, would love to hear uh, what your one thing is you would like to tell uh, anyone in perimenopause, uh, particularly if they're suffering with symptoms right now. Not to give up, not to give up hope, um, not to think that this is just a rite of passage and that's something that you're just going to have to live with or white knuckle your way through it. There are a lot of options out there. And if you're looking for more of a natural option, these actually work. I see it every day. You may be told that there's nothing you can do. It's normal. Or here's a medication. Here's a pill. No, I see it every day with my clients. I've seen major improvements from elimination of hot flashes, night sweats, decreased weight, better sleeping, all of these things, elimination of PMS, and this has all been 100% natural. So don't give up hope. Find somebody to support you. I'm happy to support you. And yeah, like we don't, we don't have to suffer through this, ladies. We don't. We know a lot now. We lot, we're, we're really coming a long way on the natural side of things. And we can sail through these years instead of suffering through them. And they could possibly even be the best years of your life if you do it right. Well, that's our motto is actually these are the best years, right? Mm. Well, there you go. Um, most of us just need a little help and guidance uh, figuring out what we need to tweak and change to make them the best years. And Diana, are you, for our listeners that are overseas, are you able to work with 
clients around the globe or how does that work? Yes. Yes. I see everybody virtually. So yes, I can see anybody from anywhere. Amazing. Ladies, check it out. Diana, thank you so much. Uh, Your program sounds fantastic. I know I need some help. I think a lot of people need some help. And uh, it's so great that uh, you're a resource that we can can reach out to. I'm not sure what I'm going to tackle first, though. I guess maybe I guess maybe diet. What about you, Michelle? What are you going to tackle first? Definitely nutrition. I, I, I know there's a few things that I added back into my food intake during the holidays, alcohol and sugar being like the big ones. So I definitely want to dial those back again. And uh I like the I like the thought that that could help me sleep better because that's a big problem for me right now. So that would be that would be amazing. I have high hopes. Well, thank you guys. Thank you all for having me here. This was great. I really enjoyed this this talk, and I hope your viewers found it informative. And like I said, anybody can re- reach out to me. I also forgot to mention that I do offer a couple free resources. If you head to my website or to the link in my Instagram bio, I have a three-day hormone reset uh, menu plan there. And I have an, also have another guide, five-step to weight reset for mo- women 40 plus. So those are all free for you. I'll be downloading Just, those this afternoon. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And don't uh, don't hesitate to reach out. But yeah, no, this is great. Thank you so much for having me on. I really enjoyed it. Oh my God, thank you so much. This was incredible. Thanks so much for listening to the show. If you like what you hear, please take a moment to rate and subscribe to our podcast. When you do this, it helps to raise our podcast profile so more women can find us and get a little better understanding of what to expect in perimenopause. We also read all the reviews, the good, the bad, and the ugly to help us continuously improve our show. We would love to hear from you. You can connect with us through the podcast, on social media, or through our website. Our information as well as links and details from our conversation today can be found in the show notes. This podcast is for general information only. It's designed to educate, inspire, and support you on your personal journey through perimenopause. The information and opinions on this podcast are not intended to be a substitution for primary care, diagnosis, or treatment. The information on this podcast does not replace professional healthcare advice. The use of the information discussed is at the sole discretion of the listener. If you are suffering from symptoms or have questions, please consult a qualified healthcare practitioner.